there, pretties. It's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And a really sweet guy with a deep voice to give you a... Uh, oh, yes. Just a quick warning. Yes, the Chrissy and Heather show contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and nonsense. If you're averse to any of these ingredients, the Chrissy and Heather show may not be for you. So talk to your doctor and all your friends about this program. Let's get into it. Hello, Heather. Hello, Chrissy. That's different than we usually do. Usually it's, hello, Heather. That was a little bit of flair. A little bit of flair. A little Friday flair. Today, what I want to talk about for this Friday flair, I recently underwent... You look very serious now. It's very exciting. Oh. I recently underwent a major life event. A life event that was 15 years in the making. Wow. Mm-hmm. 15 years in the Do making. I know about this? You do know about this. I think I might know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I recently sold... The company that I founded when I was 24 years old. Congratulations. Thank you. That is amazing. Thank you. And we haven't talked a lot about our work outside of this show on this show. We usually keep them pretty separate. But this is a major life event. It is. And I want to talk about it today. And I don't want it to be um, necessarily like a yay for me show. But I want to, what I wanted to do was some reflection and some ways that our listeners can also reflect on the good things in their life. I think sometimes we don't look back and learn the lessons from the good things, you know, and we don't always give the right amount of gratitude for the good things. And I want to kind of look at that today. And so what I want to talk about today, I want to talk about how much of our personal successes come from luck, come from skill, or come from connections to others? And, and, and it's a really a combination of those three things. And so what I kind of want to do today is I want to tell the story of this company. I want to tell about this history a little bit. And I want to examine each of these kind of inflection points or reflection points and say, well, was that because you were just lucky or was that a skill that you brought to the table or was that because you were in the right place at the right time with the right people, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that um, it might be kind of a fun thing to do. And and I think it will be a good exercise. I want to encourage you, Heather, and our listeners, take a good moment in your life too and just take a look back at all the beautiful little things that got you there. I love this topic. I'm glad that you love this topic. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so my company uh, is the Florida Autism Center, which when we moved outside Florida, we became Fusion Autism Centers. And we started, it was, this was just a dream. This was just a, I went to school and learned how to work with young children on the autism spectrum And I thought that I could do it better than anybody else could do it. I just believed that I was supposed to make this thing happen. And this was the dream. But it even started before going to school. You Mm -hmm. know, it it started off with with uh, stumbling Mm -hmm. as many dreams do. I think you kind of fall into the place that you're supposed to be. And hopefully you're aware enough to realize that you're there. So I went to college at a really small little school, kind of middle of a cornfield, Ohio. 
Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I was a music major. And I was a music major because they paid for me to go to college if I played in their band and sang in their choirs and was a musical person. So that was my my scholarship, basically. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I, I never wanted to be like a performance professional musician. Well, I mean, I guess that's not true. Not that I never wanted to be, but I never saw that as an achievable dream or, or as a goal. Um, Your prowess at karaoke would suggest otherwise. <laughs> well, I, I think at that time I was very not confident m- mm. in myself that I had those talents or skills. Now, as a 40-year-old woman, I'll probably start a rock and roll career in the near future. Of but, course you, you know, will. Of course yeah. I will. Yeah. Why but, not? But for now, you know, uh, for then, I guess, I, it was that was too scary. That was too scary of a dream. Um, so I figured, well, I would like to be employed when I graduate college. And so I'm going to do an education degree. Okay. So I was in school, you know, you want to have a teaching degree to, mm-hmm. to fall back on and to be able to have a job, right. right? A real job. I was truly interested in psychology. And that's what I wanted my major to be. I wanted to be a psychology major. But, um, you know, they're paying for me for music. So, you know, I, yeah. and I didn't want to do all the work to pick up a true double major. So I was a psychology minor. So I'm a psych minor, I'm an education major, and I get a call from the psychology department, and they say, we've got a little boy um, out in Cornfield, Ohio, he, who has this thing called autism, which I'd never heard of. This is 99, maybe 2000. I'd never heard of that. And we need you, or we need people to go out to his home and do applied behavior analysis therapy which I also had never heard of. No idea what this is, right? But it sounded like a mix between education and psychology. Yeah. It sounded like a really fun way to play with a cute little four-year-old boy and make 10 bucks an hour. And I said, cool, I'll do that, right? So I went out, I met the kid, I fell in love with the kid, and I started doing this work. And that was absolute luck. Yes, mm-hmm. That was absolute luck. A little bit, I guess, of connection, right place, right time. Somebody asked me to, you know, but that was an absolute stumble. There was no skill involved on my part. Except that you had to be somebody who would come to mind when somebody was thinking about who could do this. Maybe, maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I was college student. nobody. I I mean, and truly the blast might have gone out to the entire psychology. Right. You know, it was like all I did was take a step toward it. Right. You know, so that was step one. And I didn't go do that and like have this aha. Woo, this is going to be my career. This is going to launch a business that ends up in 13 states serving thousands and thousands of children. Not even a little. I was going to make 10 bucks an hour Mm -hmm. and I was going to play with a little kid. Yeah. You know, and that was cool. So go through college. I'm doing this. I graduate college and I know that I want to go into a master's degree. And I know that I want to go in something in psychology because my goal is to be a clinical psychologist. And I want to be a clinical psychologist, but I'm afraid that I won't get straight into a PhD program for that because I only have a psych minor, right? So I start looking at schools and I stumble into the right place again. My then husband and I came down to Florida and we visited my aunt and she said, you know, there's a college 
here by us. It's called Florida Institute of Technology, which I totally assumed was like a community college. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, like whatever. She hands me a course catalog and I'm like, cool, whatever. And I look and I'm like, this place has master's programs. They have doctoral programs. They have, wow, this is not what I thought it was. Right. You know, I, I thought this was like a tech school or something. And, you know, it's got the word technology in the name. Right. You know? <laughs> so um, I, I'm like, oh, this is a this is a real cool program. And they had a master of science in applied behavior analysis. And truly, Heather, I thought, I already know everything about that. That'd be easy. <laughs> it was not easy it was not easy <laughs> the very first day they gave us comps the comps that we would take at the end and it was all open-ended there the, there was no multiple choice it was write down what very you technical know. words oh wow that i didn't i, I was like I, I did the wrong thing i did the wrong thing i shouldn't be here i don't belong here i don't know anything and i learned very quickly i truly knew nothing i truly knew absolutely nothing mm -hmm. about this field right Wake up, but call. I stumbled in. I stumbled in, and again, it was kind of luck. It was kind of connection. Mm -hmm. It was right place, right time. We still have very little skill involved in what we're doing here, right? <laughs> Don't tell people that. <laughs> no, I mean, like, as I reviewed this, as I sat and looked through this story for myself, I thought, gosh, it's important for us to realize how important other people are right. to, like, my success is not mine. My success belongs to the other people who helped every little step get me there. My success is to being in the right place at the right time, you know, just finding the right rooms. A lot of it is. And have I made good decisions? Absolutely. I've made killer decisions to get this business to where it is today. But it's not all just my killer decisions that got us there. Some of it's stumbling blocks. Like, I... When I finished my graduate program, I have a really cool professor who I actually just saw a text come through from him because I'm trying to get in touch with him. I want to thank him, you know, proper and appropriately and have a phone conversation. But this professor uh, referred me to a job that he was like, hey, look, these girls, you know, they're they're trying to get started doing a business, you know, in behavior analysis. They uh, don't have a certified person. You can be their certified person. You can really get in, you know, ground floor and make this thing happen. I know that you want to be the leader of an organization, and this might be a way to do it. And he was trying to give me good advice. He was trying to, you know, set me in the right direction. But the place that I ended up was a really unprofessional place. Hmm. Very, very unprofessional with a lot of challenges uh, with not secure payroll flow <laughs> okay with a lot of things wrong yeah and I worked there for nine weeks <laughs> yeah nine weeks to the day and I came home and my uh my ex-husband told me this story last week when, when the business sold and I thought that's a pretty cool story he was like I was outside we'd had a big pile of gravel delivered to the side yard and we were going to spread it out and make a walkway and he's like and I'm out there with a rake and I'm sweating it out in the Florida sun in Sanford Florida uh on 10th street where we used to live in a little two-story 100 year old house and he's like and you whipped into the driveway <laughs> you get out of your car and you said hey guess what quit my job start my own business and he's like and I just looked at your face and was like I guess I better get on board 
You know, he's like, I, he's like, you just pulled in all, you know, what do they say? Fire and vinegar or whatever, you know, like whatever. (laughs) He's just like, you just were, this is what's going to happen now. Right. And I love that he told me that he's like, you never faltered. Like you just thought that you were the best person to do this for whatever reason you had all that confidence in the world. I guess that's where a little bit of skill came in, but also the good luck of working at a crappy place. Um, the, I mean, it, it, that was my first just skill-based decision. I'm good at this. And I think I, I actually, what I said to him was, I can't do it any worse than those girls. <laughs> That's some place to start. That's a place to start. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do it worse. I'm not going to do it worse. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've had so far, we've had two things that were pretty much luck. Right. And then we've got one tiny piece of skill. So I decided to incorporate this company. And what do I do? I call an accountant because, you know, I don't know how to set anything up. I don't, I don't have any idea about business. I learned my trade. I didn't learn how to start a business. Right. Right. So I call an accountant and I'm like, I want to be a nonprofit entity. And he says, no, I do for-profit accounting. So you're going to be a for-profit entity. (laughs) And I say, okay. And that's a stroke of absolute good luck. Because I don't know that in the future, private equity is going to get involved with this field. I don't know yet that parents are going to push and there's going to be insurance legislation for this field. And it's going to completely turn this field on its head. I don't know all the lucky plays ahead. I don't know when I decide that we should be a center-based treatment center and that we should have the kids come to us to in because in my field at that time in home therapy was all the rage like Mm -hmm. you went out to a family's home you sat in their guest bedroom at a little table with their kid and you did therapy um and i said that doesn't seem right these seem like kids with social deficits and it seems like they need to be in a social setting to be able to develop those skills so we did center-based treatment I didn't know that any of these decisions were going to be the movement of this industry. Right. This was me relying on my gut for what felt right treatment wise and then turned out to be smart decisions for business growth. Mm -hmm. You look like you have some thoughts. Yeah. I disagree. You disagree. (laughs) I want to hear you disagree. That's what we're here for today. (laughs) Luck versus skill versus connection you've been saying that this was luck that this happened it was luck that this happened but i see that yes you were i guess you could call it luck that certain things happened but i see it differently i see that you made a series of brave choices thank you you made a series of brave decisions i think that those types of scenarios occur in people's lives and they don't act on it you know i mean there are plenty of people sitting right now saying that they can see the writing on the wall of something or i'm all back up plenty of people who have seen an opportunity and said to somebody oh well they should do blah 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 and they don't do it you did do it I think I think that you have the ability to see when there's an opportunity and and are brave enough to make the choice to take the first step 
I don't I don't think that was I think luck would be somebody says, hey, I've got a business that is making millions of dollars. It's doing really great. And I don't want to do it anymore. Would you like to buy it? Here's somebody that can give you financing. Here's somebody that can give you a loan. Would you like to have it? And then, wow, gosh, that was lucky. (laughs) But that's not what you did. But there is luck involved. And I guess I want to... There is also a lot of other people involved. Yes. And I think part of what is interesting, and as I continue down this path of, you know, other, like, reflection points, a lot of the people who pushed me this direction or helped me get this place aren't in my life anymore Mm, mm -hmm. and I feel like it's a great lesson and a great reminder for all of us that you don't know how you impacted someone you don't know that that little thing that you said that accountant has no idea that him pointing me toward you need to be a for-profit not a non-profit probably in some ways shaped the trajectory of where I ended up Mm -hmm. it was a good decision not only because private equity became interested, but also because it allowed me to be nimble in my decision making. Right. If I would have had a board to report to, and if I would have needed to get everybody's buy-in before I could start a new program or create a new service or, you know, do any number of things, if I needed everybody to vote on it, it would have slowed me down tremendously. So the benefits of being a for-profit I, it wasn't that I had strongly considered each of them, you know, like, I'm like, well, this seems like nonprofit work. And so we should be a nonprofit. And somebody stepped in and intervened and educated me and said, actually, no, you want to be a for-profit and here's some of the coolest things about being a for-profit. And I just listened, you know, like, and that accountant, I don't know where he is. I don't know if the guy's still alive. I don't know, you know, <laughs> but he made, he helped me make a better decision. I see what you what you're saying about that. You know, I, I kind of if I think about the 15 years from the time that you started your company until the time that you sold it and you mm-hmm. think about like a timeline on a on a piece of paper with mm-hmm. little dots for the years and things. Yes. I can see like little I'm vision I'm envisioning little angel wings of like people yes. who came in and whispered mm-hmm. something in your ear mm-hmm. and you said, "Okay," and and went that direction and that's a you know with a combination of yes lucky you know not really nice that that these people swooped in and gave you great advice Mm -hmm. and then also trust that that was good advice yeah when we got to the point that you know like other people come into it a lot as the business kind of got rolling I uh, had a location in Sanford, Florida, which is where I lived. My original idea was that it was going to be an autism super center, that it was going to be St. Jude's of autism and that people were going to come from far and wide to be there. And then I took a look at the dynamics of families with a child with autism. And just like I said, we needed to be in a social setting because these kids needed social skills. These children need to be raised in their homes. They need, you know, it's not like a cancer treatment where we go and we fix it and we send you back home. It's you're living in your community every day. That's long-term treatment. Right. Exactly. So when I looked at that, I thought, well, we need to open a bunch of little centers. 
So the only reason that we opened the second location is because a bunch of parents from Daytona Beach, Florida, which was 30 minutes up the road, showed up in my office and said, we need you over there too. Will you open over there too? And I'm like, um, okay. You know? <laughs> so there's okay. another set of angel wings mm -hmm. and you trusting and saying, okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, you know what else is fun when you're building something big is there's the moments we had. I had a major moment that you think is a disaster that is the best thing. And this is a pivotal one. So I had the office in Sanford. I had the office in Daytona. I wanted to move to Tallahassee, Florida. I wanted to live in Tallahassee. There was legislation going on to, uh, so all of the angels of parents of children with autism were in the state capitol saying, we want treatment funded through our insurance for our children. We are taking out second and third mortgages on our home. We need help from our insurance companies to treat our children. This is a real thing. This is a real thing. So they're here doing this. I'm here helping them and I'm falling in love with this community and I want to live here. And so the path that I see in my mind to getting here is that I should get rid of my Sanford and Daytona centers. I should sell those to someone for whatever price someone will pay me. And I should ask for an exclusionary territory in Tallahassee, Florida, and I should open a little office here and I should be done with it. And a man approaches me and says, yes, I would like to buy your little company. I will buy Sanford and Daytona and the rights to the entire rest of the state. And I will carve out Tallahassee for you. And we will do this deal. And angel I will wings. give you. Uh, no, no, no. It doesn't happen. This is not angel wings. Oh, okay. Great. So this is the, the thing that felt like a disaster. Oh, this oh, felt like oh. a disaster. Devil horns. So... I say, yes, let's do it. This is totally what I want. Let's do it. And he backs out of the deal mm. because I don't want to stay employed. I don't want to run those centers and he wants somebody to manage them. He just wants to own them. Oh, and I am distraught and I, you know, I was going to sell him everything that I had built for $400,000, which seems like an absolutely unreal amount of money. It seemed like, you know, I was young. It was 2010. I was 29 years old. $400,000. I mean, $400,000 today is a good amount of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? $400,000 then when you're 29. Could change your you've life. you've got a two-year-old and a newborn, you know, like absolutely would be like life-changing money. And he says, you know, I'm not going to do it. You're not going to stay working here. I'm out. And my then husband and I came over to Tallahassee, Florida, and we were driving around the neighborhood in which we now both live. We still live in the same neighborhood, um, but we didn't live here then. We didn't live in Tallahassee at all. And my ex-husband got really emotionally overwhelmed, and he wasn't a guy who got easily emotionally overwhelmed, but he did. And he said, we're never going to move here. We're never going to, we're never going to do this. We're stuck. We're stuck in Orlando now. We're stuck with you know, all the things we don't want. And I looked at him and I said, we don't need that guy. So I can do this. I can do this by myself. And we came and we opened up that office in Tallahassee and we've got 
excellent managers to manage the Orlando location. And all these people around us kept saying, you have a good thing. You have a good thing. You should grow it. You should grow it. You should grow it. And I'm like, it's big enough. It's big enough. It's all, this is all I want. And enough people, enough people floated in with their little wings and their little fairy dust and said, you should do this. And I finally listened. I finally listened. They're like, you have something, make it bigger. So I started to make it bigger. I found my private equity partner who is one of the greatest gifts in my life. This guy, he's connected me so many ways to so many people and given me so many opportunities. 2015, I partnered with him. Another great decision that I almost didn't do. <laughs> All of these little things are connections. And people connected me to him. A woman here in Tallahassee was like, hey, I know a guy who knows a guy who wants to invest in the autism space. And I'm like, I'm not selling. And she's like, let me just make this introduction. And she did. She made this introduction to this other guy. And then, you know, all the like, and, you know, six degrees of separation later, mm -hmm. my partner comes into my life, you know? So I guess there's a lot of luck. There's some skill. There's a lot of being a good listener and a good connector. And I just think it's so important for us to take a minute and reflect on those things. I'm noticing also a lot of times where you said yes. Yes. You know, where opportunities come to us throughout the day and we might not notice that they, what they are. Um, we, we might say no automatically because we think that we have, you know, we can't or you know, because of whatever other reason. And you said yes. And I think that's a life lesson for a lot of us to to say yes yeah and I think that I I really appreciate you right now Heather because like when I think about this journey to me it's all about everybody else and I did I, I did say yes and I did like I made good decisions mm -hmm. I made skilled decisions you know but I I certainly did not make them in a vacuum. No, certainly you didn't did do it by yourself. Up. No, not you, at all. You couldn't no. have. No, absolutely not. That kind of thing can't happen absolutely by one person. Not. And I mean, when we when we sold this thing last week, <sighs> the amount of thank yous and congratulatory things going around to like, you know, my ex-husband called me like, I, I honestly think the most meaningful phone call was him because he called me and he's like, look, None of this happened if it wasn't just for you being so damn sure all the time that you could do this. Yep. Well, let me be the one to say yay you. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank and you. yay yay you for having the presence of mind to be able to step back and look at the community of people that are positively impacted now because of the decisions and the trust that you had to say yes when those angels came in and nudged you and that really is the best part like this selling this company is a private equity miracle like the financial results of what happened here for a lot of people like somebody said to me you made a lot of people rich today and that's absolutely true but it's also absolutely meaningless if we did it doing the wrong things. Like it is an absolute joy of my life that I have gotten to 
create this thing that does good for the world that also makes money. And I used to have a lot of guilt about that. I used to feel like I shouldn't make money doing something like this. Like, like you know, this is, you know, this is capitalizing on someone's grief, but it's not. What we're doing is we're, we're changing these families' lives. The you know? universe rewards you for showing up and helping people. And as a, as a parent, um, I absolutely will put my money where somebody is making the world better. And I, you know, you see that kind of Venn diagram thing where it's like, you know, what you're good at and then, you know, your passion and where they overlap is where the unbelievable success is. And you're one of the really lucky people who, who gets to live in that spot mm-hmm. and also can look around and realize how lucky you are mm-hmm. and that it, you know, and, and see the series of decisions that have occurred over time, the opportunities that you had to go in a direct, in a different direction and marveling at the amazingness of it and being able to, to just sit in the glow. Yeah. And I, for, as an outside observer who has only come into your life in the past year or so, I am absolutely loving the show because it's just a testament to positive working from the place of helping others and being rewarded for it. Yeah, it's it's pretty special. I mean, it feels pretty special and it feels like a really big day. My favorite moment once private equity and and we can have another show sometime about private equity and what I thought that looked like and what I thought I was getting into. I thought I was getting into shady people who only wanted to make a buck. And my entire experience has been people who make decisions for the right reasons. Um, And my favorite moment during this time working with my partners was at a board meeting. We were having an argument like the, the not like it wasn't like a fiery like television show boardroom thing, but it was a, a fairly hot discussion about whether we should um, accept a new funding source and how much of it we should take. And if we should limit, you know, this particular funding source, because maybe it won't be the best one. And it was this big to do. And the chairman of our board no, not the chairman of our board. One of our, one of our board members, who's like a high finance guy, he is, he's not a autism professional. He's not, you know, in care. He's in finance, and he said, "Guys, we're all here for the same reason, and that reason is." And my brain fired. He's going to say to make money, and he said, "To touch as many families as we can and change their lives," and the reason that we chose to take that funding source in unlimited capacity was because we were trying to reach as many children as we could, you know, to change their lives. And I was so proud in that moment that the answer was not to make a buck. Mm -hmm. You know, I was so proud of him. I was so proud to be in the room with men and a couple women of this caliber. (laughs) Usually it's just me as a woman, Um, but people of this caliber who cared that much. And I knew in that moment too, that when they took my company to sale, that they would look for another group that would continue that legacy. So we were acquired by a big firm called KKR 
and their subsidiary is called Blue Sprig Pediatric. And when we combined with Blue Sprig, we became 108 offices. We are thousands of employees, thousands of children. I mean, it's a huge, crazy thing. 13 states now. It's this crazy thing, and they're only going to grow it more. They're only going to take it even further, you know? So I felt like the scenario I kept saying was, I was like, I feel like I'm giving away the bride. Like <laughs> I, I raised this baby. I had this baby. I raised it up. It grew up, and now it gets to go live its own life and do its own thing. And it's just so it, – it's been one of the greatest blessings in my life to be a part of it. It's amazing. That's amazing. So I want everybody, look back at your, if you have a thing, if you have like your your children and how they came to be or your, you know, career or anything that you have in your life that you're proud of, take a look back and think about the other people that helped make it happen. Think about the people that, gosh, they might think they are forgotten in this. Or like, And think about, who, you might have been that for someone. Mm -hmm. You might have absolutely been just giving this little piece of advice or encouragement or direction. Do it every day because you don't know 15 years from now who's going to sit on a couch and say, this person changed the trajectory of my life through this one little thing, you know, mm -hmm. through this one tiny thing. And that's a cool gift that we get to give one another. So think about those connections. Think about the, the skills and how you were lucky enough to acquire those skills and be in the right place in the right time. Think about all the good that stumbled in. And like Heather said, say yes, say yes to something. And I know you guys can do it. And thank you for giving me a show today where I get to, I, it was a little indulgent and I apologize for the indulgence, but man, I hope that you can take it and apply it to your own life. And I hope that you get to have a aha, awesome feeling moment like this. It's a big deal. Thank you. It's a big, big deal. And I'm glad that you indulged yourself <laughs> in that because you deserve, you deserve that. You worked really hard. You made something amazing. And, you know, so much of our society is rightfully so focused on humility and, you know, and, and downplaying our accomplishments. And I think there's a place and a presence, you know, a, a meaning for that. And then there are other times when, you know, you just deserve some time to sit and look at <laughs> what you. you did and say, wow, I am proud of that. Yeah. And I didn't do it by myself, but... It was it was started right. by me. Yeah, and there are so many people for me to thank, and I'm I want to take the time, and then I encourage others to do this too. When you reflect, and when you take a look at these good things, and you think of those people who helped you in some small way, if you can find them, reach out and tell them so. That that's why I'm texting this professor. We don't talk all the time or anything. I haven't talked to him in a number of years, but I feel like it's important for me to recognize people's contribution toward the absolute elation that I have in my life right now and the joy that I get to experience because people helped me make good decisions along the way. Connect with us online. We want to hear from you on Instagram. We want to hear from you on Facebook. We want you to go on our website. We want you, we want you to go on like Apple or Spotify and leave us a review. Tell us that you love hanging out with us because we love hanging out with you too. And until next time, go forward with luck, skill.
skill, and connection. Bye. Bye. Deep voice guy, how'd we do? I think you ladies did absolutely fabulous. And for those of you looking to increase your dosage, make sure to connect with The Chrissy and Heather Show on Facebook and Instagram.